Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Goalie Ashwa Gummies. You can find them at goalie.com. Use promo code the Show Up That Foundation to get 10% off your order. Zendurance Active Wellness and Sports Nutrition. Their products are designed to maximize your health. At Zendurance, they strive to support and have a positive impact on the wellness of every hardworking dad. Use my code the Show Up Dad and get 10% off your next purchase. For more info, go to www.zendurance.com. Tall Man Equipment. Standing taller than the rest of the competition in Lyman Tools since 1952. Give them a follow at www.tallmanequipment.com. And last but not least, Adam Lane Smith. He is an attachment specialist who helps people to heal, connect, and build. Use my promo code SHOW, spelled S-H-O-W, for a 50% discount on his attachment boot camp course. Thank you. Welcome to the Show Up Dad Podcast, where I'm your host, and I'm joined by my wonderful wife, Jenny, as we delve into the depths of fatherhood, personal growth, and forgiveness. In this third episode of our forgiveness series, we will be discussing the challenging topic of forgiving God. Join us as we explore the transformative power of forgiveness and equip ourselves with practical tools to navigate this complex journey. Get ready for the heartfelt conversations, personal struggles, and valuable strategies that will help us find peace within ourselves. Together, let's embrace forgiveness and create a brighter future for ourselves and our families. So just to recap, guys, on this unforgiveness series, forgiving our fathers, something that they never gave us. It was more along the lines of something that they owed us. And that was our second series, right? And then we had our first series, which is Unforgiveness in Marriage, which my wife and I did. And that was a really good one. So I highly recommend you guys check those out as well. But on this third one, we're going to dig deep into forgiveness of God for things out of our control. What do you think about that, Jenny? Can you talk a little bit and elaborate a little bit more about things that could be possibly out of our control? Give some examples there. Uh, well, I think... A lot of people can have unforgiveness towards God, even, um, you know, like you can be upset about the family that you were born into because mm-hmm. maybe you feel that you didn't receive all the things that you needed in that family or possibly chronic illness uh, that's not in your control. If you were a victim of a violent crime or a rape, Mm-hmm. Uh, those types of things aren't really out in your control. Um, a victim of a terrible, you know, automobile accident, or if somebody that you love very much tragically died, in, you know, right away or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are we face in the world that are out of our control. 
Mm -hmm. No, I agree with you. One of the things that you talked about, uh, chronic illness, uh, that's something that's very personal to you and I both. So can you kind of elaborate a little bit about that? Uh, So for me, uh, it actually started with, you know, my, my relationship being strained with God, I would say when we had Kemper Mm -hmm. and he was born very ill. He had a condition called F pies, which is food protein intolerance, um, where he was very allergic to everything. He couldn't really eat anything. So for you guys who don't know, Kemper is our baby. He is our youngest and last child. So yeah, he's our, our baby. And he, he, uh, you know, that was not in my control. Mm. Uh, it was very scary to feed him and he couldn't, he couldn't eat anything. Um, thankfully, God saw us through that season. And then I ended up getting sick mm. a couple of years later uh, with Lyme disease. And uh, the way that those things played out in my life, you know, really tested my faith in God. Mm-hmm. But as we delve deeper into this story, I can see how those things correlated and prepared me or what I would face and all the things that I learned through it. So yeah, I definitely have a personal story with chronic illness and how it affected my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Now you said something that I thought that was interesting. You said that it prepared you for what you're going to go through, but I'm sure during that time when you're actually in, in the war and the battle and you're going through that, you don't see it as that. And that's, a great breeding ground for this unforgiveness towards God. Right. Cause I mean, we didn't ask for Kemper to be sick. There's nothing that we could have done. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we're asking when that kid's screaming and crying and, and, and we don't know what's going on with him and we're crying out to God for him to give us some sort of relief because this child, he's can't eat anything. It's like literally burning his skin when he's, taking in the this food and stuff like that I, I remember i mean my story might be a little bit different than yours just because i saw it through my eyes yeah. but i remember just looking at his skin man and he looked like somebody had thrown acid on him well so to kind of uh, give people like an understanding of what was going on with kempers he was extremely allergic to milk protein um thankfully i was able to nurse him because he couldn't even take the very specialized formulas uh, that children that are highly allergic to stuff normally take. Um, And because all of those formulas are made from milk, uh, cow's milk. Anyway, so I ended up having to remove all foods out of my diet in order to feed him. And thankfully God saw us through that. But as a result of that allergy, it manifested in his skin and he had the worst case of eczema. Our pediatrician said that she had ever seen in her like 30 to 40 years of being a doctor. And his skin was so bad that it was difficult to hold him. And uh, he, he would scream and scream and scream just because he was in so much pain. Uh, eventually I was able to work everything out of my diet in order to keep, you know, feed him. And 
he was able to thrive and heal and get over that by the time he was about two years old. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, because it was a very difficult trying time. But yeah, all of that really prepared me for what I would experience when I developed Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. And um, through treatment, I my body became so toxic with all the antibiotics and what happens when you treat Lyme disease that I developed something called mast cell activation, which is where your body kind of freaks out and starts thinking everything is a problem. Mm. So you become allergic to everything. So I actually in turn ended up not being able to eat hardly any food. Uh, Pretty much everything would send me into the emergency room. I could see though, like hindsight 2020, I could see how you had to remove stuff out of your own personal diet, right? For Kemper, right? Mm -hmm. And then later on when you got sick, I could see how God was working. He was preparing you. And the correlation is you having to change your diet for Kemper and then all of a sudden having to change your diet for yourself later on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know that God didn't want me to go through these things, but because he knows everything, he knew I would end up going through these things. And because I had to learn how to eat well and um, fix my diet in a way that was healthy, but still had variety with very limited foods with Kemper. It wasn't such an extremely difficult thing to go through when Mm. I was sick. Uh, And it, so it really prepared me for what I would experience with Lyme disease. And, and it kind of blows me away that God Mm -hmm. prepared me in that way. But during the time Mm -hmm. that Kemper was sick, I, uh, that was some of the lowest moments in my life like you said, when you're in it, it's really hard to see what God's doing. It's crazy because God only give you, they say what you could handle right now when you're going through that, right? I know it sounds like it's, it's the end of the world. And it was, it really feels like it's the end of the world when you're going through deep, dark times like that. Um, Do you feel that that really eroded like all that, pressure that was being applied to you during that time do you think that kind of started eroding your faith and started getting you to a position to where your heart was hardened towards god do you think that was the start of it i feel like the pressure of going through that alone mm-hmm. because you were out of town was too much for me to deal with Mm -hmm. those moments nearly broke me Mm -hmm. i feel like if i had security and support during that time it wouldn't have stressed my god my relationship with god as much i feel Mm. but because i experienced that alone Mm -hmm. um it became something extremely traumatic in my life no i could definitely see how that could be very traumatic um i remember going through it on the opposite end being out of town working an ice storm and just the calls from you saying you couldn't do it 
you know. And then it's hard, you know, because on the opposite end, I'm praying to God. You know, here I am thinking I'm doing the right thing because I'm out there providing for my family and, and doing what I need to do to put a roof over your head. But at the same token, there's something that you told me two weeks ago. And it was that God's burden is not heavy. It is light. During that time, I was justifying what I was doing because the Bible says, you know what I mean? A man who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel, right? So I thought I need to provide for my family. I need to do this. But what I was forgetting is our provision is more than just financial. I needed to be there for you to provide you that security that you needed and to also provide you with help. So for that, I am very, very sorry that you had to go through that. That's why it's so important to be there for our families. And it's easy. It's easy to get caught up. It really is. It's easy to get caught up to think, you know, especially me, I was motivated by something that is biblical. A man who does not provide for his home is worse than an infidel. Right. But I saw that as monetary. And that's what we're trying to do here on this podcast is we're trying to get you guys to think and see that you are more than just a paycheck. Now, going forward, Jenny, you said that this had prepared you for something greater that was going to happen. Let's fast forward to that. Um, so after um, going through everything with Kemper, um, I later was diagnosed with uh, Lyme disease and uh, a couple of other, other things, tick-borne illnesses and biotoxin illnesses uh, that, you know, really was a very difficult time. Mm -hmm. And uh, without the preparation mm -hmm. that I went through with Kemper, I don't think I would have been tough enough to really handle uh, what I went through with Lyme, uh, especially when I wasn't able to eat a lot of all but like 20 foods. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember I would eat a full cup of coconut oil every day with my meals just to keep the calories on because I, I was watching my body completely waste away mm -hmm. in front of my eyes. And during that time, I was the closest to God. I was in the Bible every day. I read his word every day. I listened to sermons every day and I'm grateful because I feel like that got me through, but when I didn't receive healing right away, mm. uh, I felt betrayed. Wow. I felt betrayed. I felt like I was devoting my, my life to God mm -hmm. and he wasn't doing what he promised. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are in that position. I mean, I don't know how many guys I've talked to where their wives have are suffering from some kind of chronic illness, whether it be MS or uh, um, 
even mold toxicity. You know what I mean? And they are searching for answers and they don't know what to do. I know one young man where they moved into their dream home, Huntington Beach. And um, when they bought it, the owner didn't disclose or I don't know how it passed, but there was a leak in the underneath of the pipes in the home. And there was nothing but black mold growing. And immediately the the wife and the daughter started getting sick mm-hmm. to the point where they had to move them out of that house. This is their dream home. And they had to move out of their house. And they were dealing with that. And the only reason I know this story is because the guy came up to me after sharing our story. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he's like, man, he's like, oh, I'm dealing with the same thing with mm-hmm. my wife. And yeah. countless other stories that are similar. Yeah, know? we've run into a lot of people that have experienced that. And the interesting thing about what I went through with Lyme disease and then also mold toxicity is that it actually led me to answers about my uh, upbringing. Mm -hmm. We lived in a home that had mold and my mother got very sick. Mm -hmm. And back in those days, there weren't really any doctors that knew the consequences of being, uh, you know, in that toxic environment. And my mom was very sick and nobody had answers. And uh, the doctors kind of wrote her off as being crazy. And my dad started to believe that as well. And ultimately it, uh, I believe was one of the big causes as to why my parents got divorced. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I can look back and I've talked to my mom and I've talked to my dad and I can clearly see that what my mom was going through was she was, she had mold illness at the time Mm -hmm. and no answers for it. But now I have answers. Now I have understanding and, and I have great empathy towards my mom for Mm -hmm. it. It also led me to helping my sister who was mysteriously ill and nobody had answers for her. And, uh, I got her in touch with my doctor. Um, and now she's doing so much better mm-hmm. because of it. So I do see like the silver lining in the trauma and the tragedy of, of having to experience these trials, mm-hmm. but it's been like five years now walking through that my own physical illness and chronic illness Mm -hmm. journey and only now am I really starting to recognize what unforgiveness towards God looks like and how to heal that Mm -hmm. so can you tell us some some things that you have recognized yeah for sure um what somebody that might have unforgiveness towards God would look like? I think unforgiveness towards God can manifest in so many different ways. Um, It can look as rebellion, right? Mm-hmm. It could uh, turn into strained relationships, anger. And when I say rebellion, I'll give you guys an example. Um, when I was younger, I was stabbed by a 22-year-old man. Well, I was 14 years old. The homie stabbed me. Um, needless to say, it was very traumatic on me. Uh, the whole town, I grew up in a small town in Santa Fe, New Mexico. They all turned against me because this guy had to go to jail because of that. Um, it was very traumatic. He was supposed to be 
my beginning years of high school, I was very popular. And all of a sudden now all that popularity went down the hill because guess what? David's a rat, you know, um, needless to say, I couldn't go to parties and stuff like that. And I still went, you know, I had a, a handful of guys that I hung around with that I'm grateful for. Um, you know, we were all jocks, boxers, wrestlers and stuff like that. So it, it that helped out, but needless to say, it's kind of awful when you show up and your name spray painted on a wall or something saying you're a rat, you know, and mm-hmm. I couldn't understand. I could not understand. I started going through the steps of grieving, which were, okay, well, maybe I deserve this. Maybe I was too cocky. Maybe I was too arrogant. Maybe this is God punishing me because I was overconfident, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things that go through a kid's head, you know, and uh, I started getting really angry. And I remember, you know, we grew up Catholic, right? Not religious by any means, but uh, we grew up Catholic. You know, we, I did all the whole nine yards, the uh, communion and all that, baptismal and all that. But uh, I remember specifically being so angry. I went to a party and uh, some girls had called me a rat and I was so embarrassed. And, uh, you know, what can you do? They're girls. It's not like if it was a guy. The guys never said nothing to me because they're the, get their face punched in um and that's the truth but the girls were the ones that were very very harsh and you know me being a man or a a young man you know what was I going to do to them so I remember taking that back home I'm in my room I'm working them out I'm I'm angry I had exchanged the light in my the light bulb in my room to a red light so my room was completely dark and just this red vibrant light and I had this huge mirror. And I remember just doing the Arnold presses until I couldn't even lift my shoulders anymore. I just sat there and I'm listening to this music. You know, I had some friends that were dirt heads. We called them. They're heavy metal rockers, right? Their nickname was were the dirt heads. But uh, I remember listening to this music by this one group called Deicide. Well, Deicide at the time was a satanic um, band. I mean, let's call it what it is. They were satanic. And I remember listening to those lyrics and just being so angry at God and, and being rebellious and just just singing the lyrics while I'm doing as many reps to failure as I possibly could. You know, after that, I could see my grades start dropping down. I started not really caring anymore about anything, any dreams or aspirations of what I wanted to do completely changed after that. Um, it eventually led me to go into the military mm-hmm. because I wanted to learn how to defend myself. And I hated people so much, right, mm-hmm. that I wanted to kill people. So what better way than go into the military? Mm-hmm. So that's what unforgiveness of God can do, especially through unforgiveness, through through uh, through an act of rebellion. It can really change the whole course of your life, if not dealt with. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think also, I mean, you kind of named a couple things. It, mm-hmm. it strained your relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was bitterness and resentment, um, which, you know, led to rebellion. Mm-hmm. And then it sounds like there was a lack of trust in God oh, because absolutely. you now felt like you had to take it into your own hands to protect yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It was a you know, I, I try to blame my father for that. And he had poor guy, man, the guy had nothing to do with it. You know, I remember him going after school and, and having to 
take a handgun with him, you know what I mean? Just in case. Cause I had death threats. I mean, I had a guy pull out a gun and put it in my face in front of my mom. Mm. Yeah. So, so it was pretty, pretty violent times growing up, man. Um, hindsight 2020 looking back, it's like, how the heck did I survive that? Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff was like really out of your hands, out of your control. Absolutely, There wasn't anything you could have done in that situation. And it also sounds like it kind of led to a lack of love for your fellow man. Absolutely. And that just got kind of, uh, <laughs> that got watered and nurtured when I went through buds and, uh, I wound up in the military. Um, I had an instructor when I was in third phase, tell me that, it, to absolutely do the job that we needed to do, we had to absolutely hate our fellow man. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I still remember exactly what he said, you know, and I grew up that way, uh, heartless. I, I made this huge callus around my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, It was hard to let anybody in. Mm-hmm. And the fruit of that is the way I treated you. How could I love you wholeheartedly the way God designed when I had built up so many walls around me to protect myself, you know? So that's why this message is so important. I mean, we build up so many walls around ourselves that the people that really need to come into our lives and and see who we are and be truly transparent with, are the ones that are like our spouse and our children and stuff like that. And we can't even let our guard down for that. I think it's interesting that you say those things because I knew you were hurting, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I loved you and saw so much potential in you as a leader and all these things that, you know, God had called you to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also believed that, I could love you to a place to where you were better. But Mm -hmm. the reality is, is that I think for both you and I, um, the only one that can soften our hearts is God. And that's really up to us to allow him to do that. And when you have unforgiveness towards God, it's really difficult to let him come in and touch the parts that are hurting, hurting and broken inside you. Absolutely. I mean, why would you turn to him when you're blaming him? You know what I mean? And that's the illusion of it. That's what keeps a lot of people from being healed or reaching their full potentials because we do not let go of that hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the whole time it's like, God knows we're hurt with him. Mm -hmm. We serve a God that's bigger than that. Yeah. I had a great friend of mine who told me, he's like, man, I don't want to serve a God who gets upset with me because I have questions or I question his will for my life. Yeah. And I remember when he told me that, I was like, man, you got a point there. We don't serve a small God. God can handle it. Yeah. And it's good to go to him and, and let him know, Lord, I don't agree with this. I know you're not the cause of this. And I know that you foresaw this mm-hmm. and I know you're good. Your promise is that you're going to see me through this because nowhere in the Bible does it say that our life needs to be a life of comfort. It never says that it says in the world, you are going to have trouble. And I think that's a big misconception that is being taught mm-hmm. and that can lead to 
anger towards God as well. That, that ideology. I think that a lot of my pain and offense towards God came from bad biblical teaching. Mm, Explain. Uh, And as we went, walked through our Christian walk and growing and stuff like that and delving into you know sermons and things there was a lot of stuff that we learned about like our authority in Christ and things like that but a common message I heard was that if you didn't have enough faith to I guess sort of receive a miraculous healing Mm -hmm you just you don't you don't have enough faith you're doing it wrong the issue if you're not healed the issue is with you as a person yeah and uh not with god and the reality is god didn't do anything wrong he didn't bring this illness upon me or anything this is just a consequence of living in a broken world but there was such an ex there's such an expectation placed on people who deal with illness or disabilities or things like that mm-hmm. that they there's an expectation for you to receive healing if you truly believe in God. And I didn't hear enough messages talking about the faith it takes to still believe God is good while you are suffering. Mm-hmm. And those stories are actually all through the Bible. Mm -hmm. We always hear the part in the Bible about the miraculous healing that takes place. Yeah. But we don't hear enough about how long that person struggled or what it was like for them to struggle and still believe God was good. There's nothing in there in, in the word that says that God removes that journey from us yeah we still have to walk through that journey like the uh, an example i can think of is the woman with the issue of blood oh yeah she had this problem for 12 years and i know for a fact that had she lost her faith she would have never received her healing at at that 12 year mark Mm -hmm. so it took 12 years of suffering and still believing god was good still believing there might be healing out there for her mm-hmm. and that that takes faith absolutely what was that one scripture you said about blessed is he who believes and does not see so i have it written here and it is yeah go to read that out john twenty twenty nine. Mm-hmm. jesus said so you believe because you've seen with your own eyes even better blessings are in store for those who believe without seeing and that's in the the message bible um and i just feel that those are important feats of faith too mm-hmm. the people that don't see and still believe a, a lot of people won't be healed they won't find healing mm-hmm physical healing on this earth you know what i mean yeah um and we can't know the exact reason as to why no we never know um but it's okay it's it's okay to question right um a good friend of mine neil right his mother-in-law 
had cancer twice. Mm -hmm. They gave her the news and she did not agree with the news. She's like, nope, I don't have breast cancer. Nope, I don't receive that. Mm -hmm. She went back to the doctor and the doctor's like, are you guys playing a joke on me? And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, oh, well, supposedly you're supposed to have cancer, but I see nothing wrong mm -hmm. at all. There's nothing here mm -hmm. at all, you know? And this is a woman who had tremendous, tremendous faith. So she had faith enough for that to happen, even though she, they told her she had months to live and stuff like that, or they're going to have to give her a, a breast uh, removal and all kinds of different things. But here is this woman that she was healed from that. But yet when she asked God to remove smoking from her life, he would not remove it. And she would question that. She's like, man, you can heal me from cancer, Lord, but why can't you help me stop smoking? You know, and I thought that was kind of interesting, the way God moves. I think, uh, I believe that, yeah, miracles can happen and that uh, some people can have miraculous healings, like mm -hmm. what you're saying. And then I think sometimes some things are up to us. So yeah. just be obedient. And maybe she wasn't wanting to be obedient and quit smoking and do the hard work and go through the suffering of, you know, having yeah. cravings for cigarettes and yeah. having to learn how to regulate your emotions during those times. And, you know, sometimes those, some things are on us. Some things aren't on us though. So. Yes. No, I agree. Uh, Pastor Craig said it best when he said that God will not do for you in miracle that you are called to do through obedience. Yeah. And I liked when he said that. Yeah. You know, but uh, back to unforgiveness and the way and, and having this unforgiveness towards God and the way it manifests in our life and the way it affects our life through our relationships and stuff like that. What are some practical steps that we can give our audience, Jenny, on how to release that unforgiveness towards God? Like, I, what can we do? I think uh, a lot of it comes from self-awareness. And what I mean like and what I mean by that is recognizing sometimes we're mad at God for things that are normal consequences mm -hmm. of our own actions. Yes. Uh, like for instance, with you, you were upset that you were working out of town, mm -hmm. but you could have chosen to, you know, we had these discussions a lot. You, we, you could have chose to bring you with me, bring us with <laughs> you or also, and, and get rid of a certain hobby that required mm -hmm. a lot of attention. Uh, you could have chosen to move to a place where you could have been working at home so but you were questioning god the whole time <laughs> absolutely the whole entire time i'm asking god lord you know i love being around my family i don't desire to be on the road why don't you allow me to come home that was the question i had for 13 years mm -hmm. 13 years and like a fool i went round and round with God warring against God, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but even through all that warring I did with them and everything, God was still gracious, gracious 
and merciful. And what I mean by that is anytime I had, I needed, uh, I went to a new job or whatever. I always had favor. Mm -hmm. I had favor with the foreman, favor with the company. Mm -hmm. Um, he always caused all things to work together for my good. He truly did. Now, knowing what I know now, I see that God in my unbelief towards him and, and warring against him, God is long suffering, meaning that he is patient with us. Right. And he was being very, very patient with me. So he was allowing good things to happen in my life. Right. And the Bible says that the goodness of God is what causes men to repent. Not someone telling you you're going to hell and you're a sinner and all that. That doesn't cause men to repent. Mm -hmm. It is God's goodness. And that's what God is trying to reveal to me during those trying times. Yeah. Was it, uh, was that his will for my life? Absolutely not. I was like a stubborn, hard-headed mule who wanted it my way, right? He didn't want it that way, but I wanted that my way. And I remember him specifically telling me just in thought, it's hard to kick against the goads. You know, for you, for you guys who don't know what a goat is, a goat is a, like a plow that's real sharp that the oxen used to pull. So it'd be like me kicking my foot into a sharp spike, right? <laughs> it causes great pain, right? And I could stop at any point in time. So that's the equivalent of what it is when you are rebellious against what God's trying to do in your life and you're, you're hard-headed and stubborn like I was. In, in in that situation, in that illustration that you put, kicking mm. against the goads, I think it's really important to recognize that the goad is behind the oxen. Mm. And God wants to lead you forward. Yes. He doesn't want you to continue to try to move backwards no. into the goad. So I think that's a really interesting thing. So I think one one way of, you know, working towards forgiveness towards God is that you recognize natural consequences of your own choices and sometimes other people's choices. Mm -hmm. God is faithful because he has given us the freedom of choice. He has promised that to his people, mm -hmm. all people. And that includes even when people choose to do bad things. Yes. He has kept that promise. And I know that isn't great that people choose to do bad things but it's a natural part of what the world we live in that's how it works you yeah. know and we can even choose to do bad things which you know sucks mm -hmm. thankfully if you tap into god he'll lead you and guide you to do the right thing and help you but recognizing natural consequences instead of placing that on god Mm -hmm. sometimes i think people are angry with god because they don't want to face themselves and take responsibility for yes. the pain that they've caused in their own life also sometimes we can have unforgiveness towards god because we are projecting an image of our own parents mm. or caretakers onto god if you didn't have a really great relationship with your father mm -hmm. or he was harsh or he did certain things, sometimes we view God in that light. 
So in that aspect right there, if we do have a caretaker, a father, a mother that we have unfor or harboring unforgiveness towards, I would suggest that you guys write a letter if, or even tell them if it's safe to tell them, right? But if you can't talk to them, you know, we've had a, a past guest, Miguel, talk about how he had to forgive his father. And uh, one of the ways would be to write a letter to them. Mm -hmm. Release that. You know, let go of that unforgiveness, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's really hindering your ability to come to God. Yes. You know? And it's interesting because your healing, your healing actually comes from being obedient to what God asks you to do, mm -hmm. not from an apology that a person can give you. Wow. So when you go to forgive somebody, you do it without the expectation that they are going to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. You do it so that way you can release the poison that you've been harboring inside yourself. Mm -hmm. And you do it out of obedience to God and then still choose to trust God, even though there have been painful things in your life that mm -hmm. have taken place. God has a purpose for that pain and he will he doesn't wish it upon us no nor does he create it for us but he will utilize all the bad things that the enemy meant to destroy us as these great things that will teach us i mean like in my situation our middle son actually got tick-borne illness before I did and he became very very sick and we didn't have any answers and when I got sick bitten by a tick uh I'm actually so grateful because I was able to figure out what was going on with him instead of watching him live a life of suffering and agony it was like an act of mercy honestly because God gave me insight as to what he was going through Mm, first-hand insight you first-hand yeah. insight i felt it firsthand and i knew how to help him and that's crazy that you said that because i can never I, like i saw something was going on with lucas but i did not know what he was feeling and then being a child right he wasn't able to express what he was feeling so that led to frustration in me because why men are problem solvers and we want to solve the problem like right. that so I was allowing his discomfort to trigger me yeah, and insecurities I had inside of myself of, why can't you get this right? You, mm -hmm. Why can't you solve this problem, right? And then doctors didn't have any answers no, either. No, and they didn't have no answers. And he went through, I remember he went, there was like a six month period there where he mm -hmm. had like four different rounds of antibiotics and things still were not getting better. He was so sick. Yeah, and it was so scary. It was so scary for for a while until until we figured it out. And it had I not gone on my own mm -hmm. journey of illness and experienced it firsthand, I don't know if he would still be with us today. Wow, that's crazy. And but I'm I mean, not every person's situation is going to be that profound there are you know but god you got to kind of ask god 
in those moments of pain and suffering, God, what do you need me to learn in these, these moments? I don't want this pain and suffering to mean nothing in my life. Mm -hmm. And he, I'm sure he'll find a way to reveal it to you if you seek him out. Absolutely. I believe that uh, God answers those type of prayers, mm -hmm. right? He's mm -hmm. faithful and just, even when we're not faithful. Yeah. You know? He He doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that he's going to shield us from. No. Tragedy. You know, <laughs> there's so many stories of people in the Bible that have experienced horrible things. Um, and in fact, if God shielded shielded his children from all trouble and evil, people would only be motivated to turn to him for the guarantee of an easy life. Wow. And unfortunately, an easy life doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a good person. No. And unfortunately, in our pain, that's when we grow. Yeah, I think uh, C.S. Lewis had a uh, a great book on the problem of pain right mm -hmm. yeah and uh, he had this um, great quote where he said we can ignore even pleasure but pain insists on being attended to god whispers to us in our pleasures speaks in our conscience but shouts in our pains it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world yeah. What a powerful illustration that he put there about pain. Yeah. And it's interesting because the stories that we cling to and that we find most inspiring and that we are motivated, like find most motivating are the stories of people that go through tragedy mm -hmm. and then make it to the other side. And somewhere in the world, somebody's going through something similar mm -hmm. to your story and when you make it on the other side, you'll be there to comfort them. You'll be there to help them. You know, God actually sent his son down here to live out suffering for our sake. Yeah. So that way we could actually experience um, his eternal love. The cross was the greatest act of love. He chose to suffer for us because Jesus is, you know, part of the Trinity. So we could experience God's love for all of eternity. It's a great, great act of love. So if you question God's love for you, just know that he has experienced suffering. Mm -hmm. He experienced that suffering so he could comfort us in our suffering so that way we could comfort others in their suffering. Yeah, what a great example he set for us. You know, that's uh, that's something I always uh, look at, man. Like, even now, like, there ain't nothing I wouldn't do for my kids at all. Mm -hmm. You know, and for God to send his son, Jesus, to die for us and all the pain and suffering that we cause, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, wow, what a, what an amazing feat to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, perfect example. Yeah. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this series today on forgiving God. Um, once again, this is my wife and I, Jenny, here for you guys. 
praying for you and your families. I know this is not an easy subject for a lot of us. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, people out there who are harboring pain against God and probably even turned away from him. You know, but just know that God loves you. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. And remember that God already knows what's going on in your heart. Mm -hmm. So in this journey of forgiving God, know that you're not alone. A lot of people are going through it. Confess it to God. Ask him for forgiveness. Let him know where you're upset and where you're hurt, where you might feel betrayed in your life. Uh, recognize normal consequences of your actions or other people's actions mm -hmm. and then put the blame where it should go, you know, which is sometimes people fail. Yeah. A lot of the time people fail and, and recognize that and then forgive those people. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and realize that God really loves you. Yes, he does. He really loves you. Don't let somebody else's sin to disrupt disrupt your relationship with God. And just remember, forgiveness isn't fair or isn't just. It's just something that we need to do for our sakes. And allow him to be there with you through your suffering. Mm -hmm. He never promised us that we would have a life free of pain. No. But he did promise that he would be there with us. He would never leave us nor forsake us. Mm -hmm. And he would do his very best to work those things for good for the people that love him. Absolutely. With that being said, guys, thank you for tuning in and listening. Um, I just want to end real quick with the prayer for your guys's families, for everybody listening. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for each and every one of our listeners, Lord. I thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, that they are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, Lord. I thank you that they are blessed in the city and blessed in the field, Lord, that you're going to bless them in their bank accounts, Father God, that you're going to increase them, Lord God, that you're going to give them wisdom and insight and how to lead their families, Lord God, that they're going to show a unified front, both husband and wife, Lord. And for the people that are um, our single parents right now, Father, we know that there's a special place in your heart for them. And they have to carry a whole different burden, Lord God. I pray that they understand that your yoke is light and your burden is easy, Lord. And that they can turn all their cares, cast all their cares, all their troubles, all their doubts, everything onto you, Father. And that you are capable of carrying that for them, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that you're just going to help their families grow, Lord God, and blossom and just be able to just serve out their days on this earth, serving you and being a positive member of society, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. This is David and Jenny with The Show Up Dad. Thanking you for tuning in. And uh, thank you. Thank you, guys, for doing everything you can to keep your families together. Love you guys.